Hello and welcome to the 361 Podcast Season 8, Episode 6. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. And I'm Rafe from the All About Splits. And this week we're revisiting the subject of phablets on the back of several major releases, most notably, I think, including the iPhone 6 Plus. We're looking at how phablets became mainstream. And their impact on surrounding devices, plus where they're going next. Hi, gents. How are you doing? I'm rocking. Doing very well. Thank you, Ben. This week we are in the Digitas LBI Zen Garden, Rafe Blanford. We are. So if you can hear a slight crunch on the gravel or maybe even a slight tinkling from the water feature, that's sort of apologies, but we're really just trying to make the podcast that little bit more tranquil for you to listen to. Well, it's really useful, right, if you're trying to get to sleep. Well, this actually does worry me. There's quite a lot of listeners who've told us that they, they use the show to go to sleep, which is either very, very faint praise or a concern. But I think it's excellent. Send $100 yeah. to 361podcast. $100. So $100 reminds $100. me of something, Ben. But it does. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm slightly worried that actually the people who do go to sleep during the podcast, they only remember this bit. And that bit that we actually prepare for is, is just, you know, <laughs> lost. Anyway, you're, you're right, you're McLeod. Very quick $100 phone update. Um, I continue to be delighted. I think that's that's. Sorry, I, I have a, been very proven qu- right. Very quick, two hundred dollar phone update. Twenty dollar. Yeah. Two hundred dollar. Right. Okay, but I have proven been proven right, and I think, although it doesn't necessarily look like it on Twitter and on the discussion uh, page pages, I should say, uh, I think I have carried the listeners. Quick check. Still your daily driver phone. It is. It's. I'm loving it. Main sim in there. Yes. All your apps on there. Yes. Haven't picked up your iPhone. I know. I, I, I have the problem is I've got um, my work email on the iPhone and it's got locked to that particular iPhone, so I still have to carry the iPhone and also have to carry another Lumia as well. But you know, the, the primary handset is my 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 one hundred dollar plus handset. Bamford, hundred dollar update. Uh, I have to admit, I'm I'm starting to find it a bit painful because I actually really did use it as my primary device. Even even it's it's got. No, wait, my, what, what do you mean? Actually, did use it. It's got my main SIM card in it, right. and I'm likewise, using it as likewise. my only device. Um, but I am during work hours having to pick up other devices to test yeah, things yeah. on and, and do things like that. But in terms of being at home in the evenings yeah. and you know when out and about, and I have to admit, I, I'm, I'm starting to find that difficult. And also, the bright green colour is starting to annoy me more than I thought it would. Especially after saying how nice it was in a in an earlier episode. So um, I, I'm definitely feeling the pinch of that budget handset. And uh, as I said before, the screen is really the killer thing as well. And then Ben. So, I, so Ben. Yeah, after I wanted to know, yeah, you're going to ask him about his. Yeah, well, I mean, after all your trials and tribulations with your, your uh, handset, then has, has things settled down a little enough? bit? Well, yeah. So uh, last couple of weeks, I've solved that problem a few weeks ago now in terms of um, when, it, you know, when it arrived and, uh, and the Play Store and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's there. It's on the software. Um, it's funny actually because all of my all of my I'm having to be quite careful about the gripes in terms of the difference between iPhone and Android. Mm. Is it do I not like it because it's different, or do I not like it because it's not good? Hardware is hardware is still a problem. Keeps running out of battery because of the charging problems, you mm. know, with the the cable and things. Again, you know, sort of a simple thing. It may not even be universal, but. I am actually really surprised that if you strip away all of those annoyances and just think about when I'm actually focusing on using an app. You know, if I'm sitting there using the Twitter client or something, I can't tell it's a hundred dollar phone versus. Uh, well, I can tell it's different from an iPhone, but if I could, if I picked up a Samsung Galaxy or something like that, apart mm. from the screen, I don't think for those simple apps I could notice the difference. I, I, I feel I'm having a different experience simply because I'm on the even cheaper phone, the one that's you know really met the budget and actually in the the price point that I am, 
you really do notice it being a low-end phone, perhaps in contrast to you. That's it. And as Rafe Blanford dons his martyr's hat for one more week, so we'll, we'll keep you posted. But keep <laughs> watching Twitter. The hashtag is $100 phone, and we're all tweeting our experience and photos. Anyway, Rafe Blanford, what are we talking about this week properly? Uh, this week we thought we'd talk about uh, phablets, because there's been some news around that. Um, but also, you know, is it a thing? Uh, what's going to be their impact on sort of the official. devices above and below, and maybe look a bit towards the future as well? So one of the things that prompted us to talk about this was the fact that some of the big manufacturers have done phablets. And of course, mm. we've got to talk about Apple first and foremost. They were very late to the phablet party, but the 6 Plus if it is a phablet out now, isn't it? It's a very small phablet, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's on maybe the boundary for some people's yeah. definitions of it. Yeah. But when you compare it to the other iPhone 6, it, it, it yeah, does it's qualify. It's considerably smaller. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people have been buying it and then going, it's too big and returning it. And that's uh, an experience that Ben himself had. But it's interesting to note, it is the dominant uh, iPhone 6 in certain markets. And actually, not surprising, it matches up with where phablets are popular. So particularly in Asia, uh, the iPhone 6 Plus is outselling the iPhone 6. But I remember a time when phablets was basically the Note well, and we've had the yeah, note a few outliers. We have had the Note Four yes. again, you know, a few weeks back now, but that's now out and about. And apart from the fact it's ripping people's face hair out, um, I don't really know a great deal about Phones it. Always do that, but uh, certainly it was interesting, Rafe, that the few reviews that I've read suggested actually that some reviewers preferred Samsung's, you know, interpretation of a phablet over over Apple's. Yeah, I mean, this is a suggestion that uh, Samsung has customized the software far yeah. more than other manufacturers, and it's sort of. One of the debates is what should a phablet do? Is it just a bigger version mm. in terms of the screen size or should you be kind of packing more information on the screen? The idea is Samsung having two applications running side by side. And I think a lot of the, the technical reviewers kind of appreciate that extra functionality, but that isn't always borne out by what consumers want. You, you talk to a lot of people and the reason they like it is basically it's a bigger screen for watching video or yeah. for Web. reading content. And it isn't, isn't necessarily about packing more onto the screen. Um, Nexus 6. Is it a phablet? It's got to be. I mean, it's got the, the six-inch screen size. and It's a really interesting departure for the Nexus line. It, it doesn't feel like such a mainstream device for us in, in the West. But I think... You know, Was it ever a mainstream device? I think Nexus in general isn't really. It's kind it's of it's a developer in, device, you know, isn't it? Rick Lane or, you know, the Shoreditch, basically. It's not mainstream... Uh, on Main Street. Yeah, no, that's fair because you, a lot of people are going to be buying it kind of outright simply. It doesn't yeah. get the same push with the marketing uh, dollars behind it. But I do think it's interesting that Google chose to do that because it's always been, to a certain extent, emblematic of the Android smartphone space, the Nexus devices, and they've chosen to go for a tablet. They're still selling the Nexus 5 as well. They've also uh, upped the kind of the price of it compared to earlier Nexus devices, which I think speaks to Google's confidence about the Android space, that they feel they can do that. They don't need to provide a kind of a good experience, cheap Android device. Yes. They feel there's plenty out there. Motorola G from being a good example of yep. that. And so now they've kind of almost gone, this is a flagship phablet Android device. Mm. So all the big manufacturers out there have got phablets. Apple, Samsung, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Apple, don't Google. Have a Apple have a bigger iPhone. I think we, we should be very clear. Okay, well, this is in maybe one yeah. of the other differentiations then because um, Roland Researcher, hello, Roland. Thank Thanks you very much. Um, you've done, done a bit of research on uh, screen sizes and certainly... I think opinions tend to vary, and actually it depends who you ask in which markets. But, Rafe, is it fair to say that above about 5.9-inch screen, people are beginning to consider it a phablet? Well, that seems to be one of the emerging definitions. For me, actually, it's anything that's above 5.5 inches. Mm. 
um, because it's sort of the what can you comfortably hold in one hand for the majority of people, and obviously there's varying hand sizes. Um, well, I, what's that got to do with well, anything? Because if you've got big hands, yeah. you're probably going to define a fabric as having a bigger screen because what's acceptable to you for kind of one-handed uses will be be very different. Uh, uh, there is a point to be made that Apple made an effort to sort of not define it as a fabric. And they talked about having that gesture that allows you to have kind of the reachability mm -hmm. uh, part of it. But honestly, for me, because uh, I find five inches is the biggest screen size that I'm personally happy with, anything bigger that goes into fabric church, I have to start using it two hands. Do you think uh, in two years' time you'll be saying, oh, anything, anything over six inches, it's really, really too difficult? It's a good point because there has been this moving definition at one point. I think IDC defined uh, fablets as being, you know, five inches and above. And that feels, you know, a bit small now. You know, mm. 5.2-inch phone, is that really a fablet? Not to my Just mind. A big, big yes. So if you look at, if, if you take analysts' view of the world, and yeah. you don't have to, but IDC says it's five and a half inch, um, worldwide says four and a half um, Business Insider says it's between five and seven. Kantar says it's over five. So five, five and a half is getting some consensus. There's been a few per, been a few polls as well. Excuse mm -hmm. me. If you've been a few polls on websites, so uh, you know uh, Android websites particularly, and um, they they seem to agree. You know the the consensus is that it's very much driven by uh, by, by by screen size. So we, we've got. I, I'm I'm comfortable calling the six plus. A, a phablet. Or well, I think that's wrong. But well, Karen, you're, yeah. you're welcome to your opinion. We've, you've been wrong. I think you've been influenced by Apple. Me? Yeah. But actually... No, I think you're being influenced well, by so, Apple. So the, the other reason I would say that the 6 Plus is a phablet yeah. um, is that they have customised the software to have, take advantage have of... they really? I mean, look at what uh, Samsung have done and what, I've, what Apple have done. I, I really don't think well, it's, it's customization. It's just the first generation bigger yes. iPhone. Give them a bit more time, you know, iOS 8.2 or whatever but, but, comes okay. along. But, and I agree, the, the changes are minimal but they are all keyed around the screen size. They've not changed the software just to generally try and enhance it. There are particular layouts and screen uh, rotations, mm. sorry, the word I'm searching for, that only happen on the 6 Plus. So clearly, it's a because of the difference in size, you know, they've had to they've had to implement things that they haven't done, for example, going from the iPhone 5 to the iPhone 6. Mm, okay, fair point. Right, and yeah. it's interesting. That product, I, th I think that's the closest you and McLeod's ever come to saying, oh, actually, no, I, I just said that so you'd move on. Yeah. It is. But um, at the same time, it's interesting think, uh, to note that... The listeners sleeping now. Uh, I, I would hope not, because it's a very exciting episode. Well, no, yeah, but what point do they actually... Don't worry, Karen, yeah. Uh, what's interested me about a lot of this software customization is it happens in the landscape orientation rather than the portrait... So I'm wondering if there's almost an emerging trend that you, you almost have two different devices in your hand at the same time. You've got the traditional phone in the portrait model, and then you turn it into landscape, and you start to it starts to behave more like a tablet because obviously that portmanteau, you're always seeing the, the combination of phone and tablet. Yes. And a lot of the early versions felt a bit messy, and certainly uh, Samsung, I think, discovered this with the Note. They've worked quite hard to customize the software. Right. And I think it's just the suggestion that Apple is going to be doing the same thing in almost that landscape mode. That's when it turns into a, a mini, mini iPad. Do we think that pens have any impact? Because, of course, the Note, Samsung's Note range is famous for having coming with the S pen. The stylus, yeah. And obviously the iPhone doesn't have a stylus, and, and a few of the other similar-sized devices don't. Do we think it matters? Mm. Okay, I, I, I think... If you speak to a lot of the Apple faithful, they'll just say, oh, no, because you're not allowed to use a stylus because Steve Jobs rubbished it. But Steve Jobs is also the same guy who said they'd never produce well, anything, actually, if you, if you listen to all of his different quotes. When, when they would do a, a tablet 
we'll never do this, never do that. Uh, so I think um, if you ask most Apple-ish people that are influenced in in part by Apple, they say, oh yeah, we, we don't do stylus. Uh, and I think if you look at stylus usage, I mean, it's anecdotally, whatever device you're looking at, be it the Note 4 or something like the, the Microsoft Surface device, stylus use, even amongst those who have the option, isn't universal. So it does still feel like a bit of a minority effort. And the, but the, the, those that use a stylus absolutely love it, love it. Yeah. and it, it's you know they get very passionate about yeah, it, and it's a bit like uh, asking people whether they prefer Evernote or OneNote. Mm. Um, and those, Clearly, Evernote. Know, and there you Are go. You, oh, he's he's obviously a OneNote fan. Well, I, I actually use both one one for yeah, work which, and which, one for personal use. What do you use at home? Um, I use OneNote, but that's because I started using it Such a long, a Microsoft long time, long time horse, back. Okay, so right. it's a thing. It's a screen size. Yes. It's a software variation, but we can't quite agree on what. Well, I mean, just just as a, a fun distraction, where did fa- where did the term phablet come from? Because I think I remember um, Samsung talk, coming up with that. Then the name Fonblit. Do you remember Fonblit? Oh dear. Ooh. It's all. It's almost. I think I'm blocked out. Yeah, it's almost a, as bad as Groofies. What's the Groofie? Group selfies. Oh, yeah, please, please. So, thanks, Huawei. Yeah, well, yeah. indeed. So so the, the Fonblit fortunately died, uh, hopefully alongside some, somebody in Samsung's marketing department responsible for it as well. Um, but we, we we turned up some, again, Roland Researcher, hello, Roland, turned right. up some really interesting, uh, well, I think a really interesting little stat. Um, well, come on, what's the, who who coined the term f- uh, Fablet? Ooh, I don't know. It's certainly going back a few years. Because... I don't think it was Samsung. No, it, it, it wasn't Samsung. I'll give you that one. Rafe, come on, you must know this. Uh, um, I, I want to say it was in reference to one of the uh, Nokia Mamo tablets when it sort of first came into common usage. But uh, I imagine, like any of these things, the entomology is rather. He's uh, using big history. words again. Entomology. I don't think it's. I don't think it's, it's the word got, of the week. Yeah, I, I don't think it's got anything to. Uh, I'm trying to think of a funny word to do with entomology, but my it's been a long week and it's just failed me. I just I, just to, listeners, just assume I made a joke about the word entomology. No, so where I was driving out is um apparently, officially, uh Dan Warren of the GS, GSMA, the GSMA are the, the big, you know, f- uh, mobile industry. They take credit for lots of things. They take yeah. credit for lots of things. Uh, and, uh, uh, your your view your view on the organization tends to be determined by whether or not you're currently employed by them, I think, in the industry. <gasps> but <laughs> but anyway, the, they, but we'd love to come to MWC. Well, indeed, indeed, they do. They I do. I want to go in for a day. They do organise MWC, but certainly in, in a lot of in a lot of documentation and things that, that they are credited with devising the term. But we did a bit of homework, and Sloan Bowman, who I think some of us know on Twitter, certainly um, actually used the word used the word uh, two years earlier. So to, to, uh, in twenty twelve, the GSMA wow. started talking about uh, phablets, and uh, Sloan was using the word back in 2010 to talk about Rafe and this is where you win your your star points the Nokia N900 oh look at that there we go that, so that, that only had a, a relatively small screen I, I want to say it was sort of around 4.3 inches it was three and a half inches three according, half according inches. to my own wow. researcher three and a half inches so uh, I, wow. I, I actually I owned one of those little did I know at the time I was a trailblazer but Rafe number the numbers say that we are you know well we are perhaps typically European, but globally, when you know there are places where phablets are, you know, really the only thing the only thing to buy. Yeah, I mean, it depends where you where you draw the line. I mean, it, it used to be that they were kind of relatively specialist devices in the early days of the Note series, and then you could pick out other devices. But now 
they've gone right across the range and you have kind of the low-end devices, things like the, the Samsung Meg. I mean, that's perhaps uh, mid-tier is a better description of that. Um, but you've also got them at the high end from all the manufacturers. If you go to places, it, it tends to be uh, Indonesia, Singapore, some of those Southeast Asian markets. Uh, tablets are actually almost, depending on where you draw the line, the kind of the dominant type of uh, phone, you know, certainly more popular than the uh, four-inch category of device. Whereas I do feel in, in Europe that there is a sort of, a, it's the holdout of the smaller phones. And Indeed, if you talk to Sony, for example, they'll say devices like the Z3 Compact are more aimed at, at Europe because we tend to prefer smaller phones here. Mm. Um, and the States is somewhere in between the two. But uh, yeah, certainly, uh, I think it's also India is another market where you see a lot of fabric usage. It, it does strike me that it, it tends to be those markets where people are probably just buying one computing device and they're choosing it because they want the bigger screen to be able to do more on it's more of a kind of a, a pc replacement or rather it acts as a pc device whereas for all of us in western europe it's almost always a, a secondary device not not just a five percent thing either right no, this is about we're talking about 40 percent in some markets. i was gonna say 30 percent, but yeah 30 to 40 percent of the asian well yeah, certainly, countries yeah. certainly if you look at the numbers um india uh, indonesia uh, philippines and pakistan are uh, right up there at the top of the list um uh, Singapore and some other some other sort of Asian areas as well um, up there, but in, India, India, Indonesia, and Philippines the the big three. I think what's fascinating as well though is just thinking about which manufacturers sort of actually are selling them now, because of course we all talk about the Samsung Note as being the one, and certainly that that originally came along in late 2011, which kind of people conclude led to the terming of the, uh, the uh, coining of the term phablet. But actually, phablets just took off, absolutely took off in 2013. If you look at some of the Google interest charts and things, they really have yeah. skyrocketed. But apart from the Nokia the Nokia 810, I was I was amazed, actually. Do you remember the HTC Athena? I do, yes. yes. Five-inch screen released back in 2007. Wow. I almost bought that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed. Now, there are some others. We talked about the 810 and the Dell Streak, and there was an AT&T-branded device all the way back in 93. But there again, that was a... That was a four-inch screen. I used to buy all of those HTC Windows, or no, what was it? Not Windows well, Phone. It, yes, it was Windows Mobile. Windows Mobile. That's Things right. like the Advantage as well. Yeah. Oh, I loved that and Advantage. The HD, absolutely a, loved the Advantage. The HD2, which at the time was yeah, an absolutely massive was... screen, and has since been kind of modded to run every platform under the sun, including yeah. Windows 95. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, the, for anyone who's struggling to remember the Athena, and I, I, I could remember the name, but not the product. It looked like one of those mini. Laptops. It's it's almost like the Surface model now, where you've got it's this very kind of, similar. If you look, this look at it, large device with this yeah. kind of fold out fold out keyboard, a HTC, and of course ran Windows Five. That's right. So happy 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 memories. But really, you know, took off in 2013, massively popular all across Asia. But and and you alluded both to the fact that this is people's only phone. But why why would if people are only going to have one computer, why wouldn't they have a tablet? Why wouldn't they go even bigger? Why is the phablet you know the thing? Uh, I think it comes down to portability. If you look and at price, all, and price, and, and price is a factor as well. Although I think you can get a, a you know a big phablet or a, a, a tablet for a similar price. It depends. Once you start building in the connectivity, um, be it LTE radios or three G, mm. you're actually probably going to pay a premium for the phone. But you do want connectivity. Um, it, I think it simply comes down to portability. Anything under sort of seven inches, it's possible to carry about with you all the time. Once you go bigger. It, you know, I think a lot of people use the 10-inch tablets tend to be relatively static or they live in a briefcase or they become couch devices. Yeah. That matches with all of our usage. And so uh, I think it's that availability. There is a there is a price thing as well because I think one of the big explosions in 2013 was 
the Chinese manufacturers, the likes of Huawei, but also ZTE mm. and some of the smaller kind of second tier manufacturers really started pushing the tablets. And it was availability at relatively cheap prices of those six inch plus screen components that really made it take off. And you know, Xiaomi have done uh, their fablet devices. And I, yeah, it's, it's about availability and portability. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, I think price has a lot to do with it because I think if you walk into a phone store and you've got $300 to spend or, or $500 to spend, do you want the $500 one that's compact, uh, the, the S5, for example, or do you want for very similar pricing? I mean, in some cases, exactly the same. Sometimes maybe $50 more. You know, if, I, I wonder if consumers are actually saying, well, I, I want, I'm going to buy a phone, and if I'm going to buy a phone, I want that money to work for me, so I might as well get the bigger one. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, by the same token, it's, you know, don't buy a phone and a tablet that's more expensive. Right. Uh, you know, I've just got one thing. And yes, um, a lot of people I talk to say, I'd love to have kind of a smaller phone. And, you know, the mo- first generation Motorola X, um, the original mm. iPhone, you know, yeah. before the iPhone 6, all met that kind of need. But you talk to the manufacturers and the operators and the mini versions of the phone don't sell very well. And the only place where they kind of get interesting is, you know, inside Europe. And that's where you see, for example, the HTC One Mini 2 come on, on stream. Yeah, and uh, actually I've got some, got some numbers here Excellent. in front of me. So um, you, talk about, you talk to people in um, North America about uh, where, what they're interested in buying and 52% of people are saying that they want four to five inch screens. So it's a pretty clear preference now that the, the bulk of the market is wants larger phones. But of course that then has a curve around it and that means then you're up to about 30%, 27% of the market wanting five-inch plus screens, which means we're into fablet uh, and people, territory. Uh, and people don't even know what they want in the sense that when they go into the store, they will actually end up buying a bigger screen because it, it's kind of a sort of basic psychology. The bigger is better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you look at two devices side by side and you're offered one with a, a big screen that feels bigger and better, and you'll often plump for that if it's the same price if you've got what appears to be an identically priced device, but it's got a smaller screen. Well, I'm kind of getting better value for that bigger thing. I think that's you know, very important for a lot It is. Because uh, people don't you know, put the device in their pocket and carry it around for a week before they buy it. They have to kind of make a decision there and then. And I think a certain number of people may end up regretting having such a big phone. But of course, they don't then have the experience of the smaller phone because you know, once you've given it up, you kind of forget about yeah, it. Yeah, and whenever I've been using a, a, a phablet, there is a, um, a a small or a big element of joy, depending on how you're reacting to it. Um, every time you, th- you switch the thing on, when you look at photos, when you look at the screen switch, if you're trying to do anything on a web browser, it is just that bit better. Okay, uh, I'm going to get a bit apple-y now. No, go on um, then. Oh, no, no, forgive me, but... Spray your apple juice on us. Ooh. That's caused nightmares for those that were just drifting off. Um, but let me ask you about let me ask you about continuity then. Mm. Now, obviously, yeah. that's an Apple that's an Apple brand yeah. and that's an Apple product. But let's just assume that all the ecosystems are going to have continuity in some form or another sooner or later. Which means that it doesn't matter which device is ringing, where your calls are coming through, everything appears everywhere. Yes. Does that does that begin to mean that actually you can't tell the difference between tablets and phablets because my iPad, so I've got an iPad and an iPhone, both on iOS 8, and my iPad rings when my phone rings and I have answered it and taken calls on it mm. seamlessly. And, you know, it, so it is, my, is my iPad now a phablet because I can use it like a phone? Oh, that's, a, that's an You know what, I think thought. it comes down to what they do in the mobile phone shops. 
I think yeah. it comes down to what the operators range and what they say in the phone shop. I reckon that's how the decision is going to be made for us. I think that's right because, I mean, that multi-device scenario you're talking about, Ben, I'm not sure it's going to be all that common for a lot of consumers uh, because you have to have everything in the same ecosystem on the most recent version of the software uh, and that doesn't happen. We know plenty of people who kind of have uh, mixed ecosystem lives. Mm -hmm. They'll have a Mac device and an Android device and especially when you consider Android is representing, what, 80, 85% of the market, even more in some markets. Um, And Google doesn't yet have a strong desktop player. I mean, even the Chromebooks, um, they're, they're pushing the idea of this cross-device thing. And certainly Windows is probably the furthest ahead in terms of merging all three platforms together. There we go again. A- a- Apple has the advantage Other of thinking, talking about available. Uh, continuity. Uh, I'm just, just thinking about uh, where well, you're it's forgetting about positioned. Chrome. I mean, Chrome, uh, as the browser, actually and does That's the interesting thing. Connect does things does, like does Chrome just as a browser represent yeah. that? But you don't quite have the same follow on. I, I think Ben's right. We'll see more of that. Um, but much like some of the, the kind of benefits of things like NFC or Bluetooth, they're very fine in practice. And when you see it demoed in a keynote, you think, oh, that's fantastic. I really use it. When it comes to the real world and mixing and matching various devices together, um, you know, people don't go out and replace all their kit once a year. It's you know, not realistic. Okay, let's, well, let's back up then from specifically Apple and, and tablets because I, I think that's an interesting trend, although I suppose you're, you're right. No, I, I, uh, sorry, I just, are you looking at me there? Yeah, you I'm, lo- I'm looking at you. I just can't quite picture a world where, a world where people don't have all of the Apple products. What, oh, what, please, what, come on. What, what hellhole is this? You, 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 you give me so much, so much hassle for mentioning Microsoft and Nokia occasionally and, and we've got a sitting well, next to the two biggest blanket. Apple fanboys. I'm not, sort of, not a fanboy. Yes, you are. You, hold on a minute. You've just said, why would you not want to have everything Apple in your house? I, I didn't even consider that you might not want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so joking joking aside, and I presume that was a joke, uh, where, where are... Most. Where, where are where are we where are we going where are we going fabbit wise the the tr- the trend is up in size up in sales and generally for phones to get larger but do you think we're going to see these join together to become indistinguishable do you think we will continue to differentiate between smartphones and fabbits well can I just back up slightly to say how much of an influence has Apple's strategy of of not maintaining the same size as the the five S how much has that changed our view? Because the minute they say, right, okay, th- this is the new reality, and particularly for someone, the fanboy Ben here, uh, has, has that now validated um, you know, bigger phones for you? Because uh, they've made that decision. Uh, only for people who like Apple products. I think the market had already moved. Exactly. Actually, the market's uh, way ahead, right? Uh, Apple was catching up. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the question here also becomes about cannibalization of, of tablet sales. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to draw a line between what's happened to iPad sales and tablet sales in general and phablets. I think it's a, a bit misleading. I think potentially tablets were overhyped, but it does strike me that the whole market has sort of moved to larger screen devices. And what we're seeing is the, the, the death of that kind of four-inch smartphone. Yeah. Uh, and that does feel like something that's happened as a rubber fabric. So, so I think actually the phablet definition will become kind of less important as everyone's got well, bigger screen phone. phones and and there will be kind of that two two groupings there'll be the around five inches and then there'll be around uh, six inches and one is one-handed and the other is sort of pushing into two-handed oh, we gonna, is that how is that going to change that you can you predict blanford come on give us that give us some famous blanford-esque I think my prediction would be that it's split pretty evenly between uh, between the two. I would expect more people with the five-inch devices to have a tablet as a second device or to potentially have a laptop. Mm. 
And I think it's going to be, uh, you'd have to look at the correlation between those two in terms of ownerships. I expect tablets to dominate when people just have it as a, a single mobile device. They may well have another computing device in their life. I think it's going to be regional, but actually one of the, one of the interesting indicators we haven't talked about, and it's difficult to, to evaluate, will be software. So in those markets where, where phablets are phones, you know, Indonesia, for example, developers targeting those markets are going to have to build phablet-optimized interfaces, mm. either, either ones that scale well to large screen sizes or ideally ones that support the kind of two-handed operation that Rafe was talking about, whereas in the, in the UK North American market, there's, there's very few, and to be fair, it's only been out, they've only been for a while, but there's very few uh, apps tailored specifically for the 6 Plus outside of Apple's stock you know, lot. I don't, I'm not aware of, 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 a, of a, a sort of a segment specifically marketing to the Note 4. You know, I think there are some apps that work well and some apps that don't on that device, but mm. there isn't a separate you know, Note section of, of, of the Play Store or Samsung's exactly. store yeah. you know, yeah. with, those, with those tailored ones. And I think it's going to come down to developer... Uh, um, kind of staying power almost because I don't think developers have it in them to have a small smartphone, large smartphone, phablet, tablet, desktop, no, do games console. Two, well. I mean, yeah. clearly the big publishers can target all those platforms, but actually most of us are using software from companies, you know, even the likes of Twitter and Facebook struggle to keep all the platforms they need to touch, you know, updated. Mm. I don't think they're going to segment. And it's a question of value. I mean, how much can they extract by doing these additional versions? How many more sales of their, their apps? And it feels like thus far, the bigger screens, it's just been small optimization. It's maybe having a two-column layout. There, there is room for innovation. I think uh, the county developer will be able to find space and sort of do something there. But just as it feels like tablet apps have stagnated a little bit, particularly as um, Android tablets have kind of risen up, uh, you, you really don't see the kind of activity around tablet apps that you used to. It has gone where the numbers are which is in, in smartphones. And I find it difficult to see the smartphone space kind of splitting in two into having you know, two different apps serving that kind of same smartphone space, depending on the size of the, the screen. And I think actually what's going to happen is there will be more thinking about what you can do with the bigger screen. And rather than just being that very monolithic kind of one screen portal view that sits in a, mm. in a silo with sort of top to bottom, there is potential at least for some new uh, UI patterns around those bigger screen devices. But I think it will be a universal thing and it will be people on the smaller devices will suffer as a result because the, the momentum will go to, you know, 5.5 inches as kind of the average. Okay, it's time to wrap up. We are out of time. But just before we go, um, one innovation or opportunity that excites you from the growing popularity of phablets? Okay, I'll go, I'll go first. Uh, um, actually, it's something that somebody said to me two years ago uh, when he was chatting about um, the latest version of the Note. The guy says, yeah, I love it, big screen, blah, blah, blah. But the reason I love it is because Samsung at that point were one of the only manufacturers to put a really big battery because it needed to have so much uh, and Because it was bigger, they had more space for a battery. And this guy loved it, and that's why he bought the Note and continued to buy the Note. So I, I do think the, the the brilliant innovation with these things is they they are usable for a longer time period just because there's more space to put a battery in. And also, presumably, when we when we finally have the big revolution and fancy new I don't know, graphite batteries or whatever you know comes along, um, they'll be quite expensive. So this is a way to keep costs down. It's just to make the the device bigger until such time as you can afford a new power supply. Yeah, that's a good way. Ray Flafford. Uh, 
for me, the innovation potentially is thinking about how these devices can be used as secondary screens when they're sitting on the desk or the table. Because the screens are so big, it is actually possible to, even with relatively poor eyesight, to see stuff on them, even if they're a couple of feet away from you. You know, Traditionally, you've had your phone you know, within a foot of your eyes, but these bigger ones can actually still be viewable some distance away. And so, you know, obviously solving the battery issue, but can they you know, be maybe things for notifications or alerts so that you know it's just used as a companion device when you're maybe using a laptop or watching TV? I think there's potential there. What have you been? I love the idea that there might be some space for some more hardware innovation because smartphones have got very, you know, touchscreen slab, three buttons on the front. And, yeah. You know, it, it's all very samey and we, we're just bickering about what flavour metal is wrapped around the outside. Um, it, it's clearly a joke product, but the, the BlackBerry Passport springs to mind, mm. which is that, you know, with the... With Not the, a joke product. I think it is, but with the... <laughs> You're a computing platform. Well, I, I think it, it's... It, conf- it confuses me, and uh, there's a different show to, dis- to, to describe okay. why. But, you know, with the larger form factor, BlackBerry have been able to reimagine what it means to have a BlackBerry device and to come up with a different yeah, keyboard 30 hour battery? So, well, the, the battery's interesting, yeah. but actually it's a different screen display tailored, mm-hmm. a different screen size tailored to a certain type of working. It's got a, a, a much larger keyboard on it, et cetera, et cetera. And, and whether or not you think that device is a success or not, and I suppose my opinion doesn't, you know, I'm not, I've not used one, so, you know, kind of I can only offer an on-paper view. I like the idea that we could go through a set of hardware innovation, again, just triggered by that, that, new, that new shape and size in a way that I don't feel like we have with tablets. Yeah. Yeah, tablets seem to just sort of settle very Bigger. quickly yeah. into sort of big phone form factors. Yes. And, so. and that potential for, you know, new QWERTY device, new form factors does feel quite exciting. I, I think the trouble with BlackBerry is they're doing it almost as an innovation strategy to make themselves interesting. They've said, we can do one-off phones of a couple of hundred thousand units. Would it have a big impact on the market? No, I don't think so. But like you, Ben, that, that bigger screen and what that means for the flexibility of hardware when you're not talking about miniaturization all the time. There's definitely some room for maneuver there. Gents, is it time for a $1,000 fablet challenge? $1,000 fablet well, I'm just, challenge? I'm just hedging my bets now. I actually reckon by the time we get to season 9 or 10, we could be doing a $200 fablet challenge quite comfortably. So that's what, $400 or something? <laughs> for 400 to you. Call, call it a round five. Yeah. Okay, guys, we need to wrap up. Thank you very much for listening. You can get us at 361podcast on Twitter. We are 361podcast.com online. Uh, there you can read transcripts of all the shows. You can give us feedback in the comments, as you always do, or we always love your emails. If you're listening to this on your mobile phone, and you would like to send us an email, there is a link and a form on what the, the mobile responsive website. You can send to inquiries at 361podcast.com. <laughs> inquiries? Well, that's the, that's the one. You send to anything at 361podcast. I would try, try. Send it, send it to you and his an awkward guest at 361podcast.com and see if it reaches me or not. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye.